Welcome back to Blazing the Path. I'm your host, Rob Hetherington. I'm joined here today by none other than Devin Zanskis. You got it. You got it. The current host of Nuck If You Buck for the Milwaukee Bucks uh, on Hoopheads Podcast Network, the same network my show is on. Devin, how are you doing today? Doing good, man. Thanks so much for having me. It's a pleasure to have you on again. I think it, we might be going on maybe a year or so since we've collabed, but it's always a pleasure and you always bring insight to this show that honestly you don't you don't see very frequently it's it's very rare the insight you have and it's a pleasure just to um have the conversations with you over twitter dms about uh Noara, a homegrown buffalo product where i record from and then also guys like Drew Holiday who swept my blazers with the pelicans but I still have love for him. I still have love for the Bucks, and uh, wanted to just take a second to discuss a little bit, give you a chance to discuss uh, what you're going to be working on next with your writing. Yeah, so I also write for NoTradeClause.com. My articles are based on like all of the NBA in general. Yeah, I sort of in the past I've sort of decided what team to cover just based off of who I thought was interesting that the Bucks had played and. I guess it's just sort of a random selection, to be honest. And I've since sort of retired from podcasting, if I if I can say so, coming out of retirement today, and I'm happy to anytime. But yeah, in my in my writing, if I can pump it up a little bit more, I like to say my strength is kind of I like to think very macro in like team building wise and what helps me out with that is like being like particularly a nerd about like the NBA's collective bargaining agreement and how you can circumvent like the salary cap and whatnot. But also I like to watch basketball and talk about basketball, what happens on the court. So that's pretty much the skinny with that. Yeah. Would you say you're in a Dave Chappelle retirement from podcasting? I guess so. If that means, if that means sort of a pseudo retirement, then then yes but not like uh i'm still located here in milwaukee i haven't flown out to any other continents or whatever but shout out dave Chappelle. do you feel like milwaukee as a small market is good at macro management for their roster and their front office i'd say so like we we don't have Okay, so most important thing is obviously selecting Giannis 15th overall, which was just like catching lightning in a bottle. Beyond that, though, John Horst, our GM, I guess, yeah, GMs don't turn over too much. He's the most recent GM since John Hammond, who drafted Giannis. And I think Horst has done pretty well, like around the edges. I mean, we got Pat Connaughton. Bobby Portis, Brooke Lopez, all for cheap. We went in for Drew Holiday, which ultimately resulted in us winning a championship and re-signing Giannis. Chris Middleton was also kind of lightning in a bottle with that with that Brandon Knight, Brandon Jennings trade. But I don't know. We have we haven't always the whole Bucks history hasn't been like littered with success, though. Like I think in like the early 2000s, like if you think of like Christmas color Bucks excluding like when we had Kareem Abdul-Jabbar that was not a very successful time like early 2000s I feel like we were kind of the hotbed for like old 
over the hill players that wanted to be like a feature on offense, such as like Richard Jefferson, OJ Mayo, Steven Jackson. Yeah. Overall thumbs up Bucks for all. Who's a three point specialist they had for a while there? That that could like I think he might have made an all star team. I think we might have talked about him before. Is this Urson? No. Um, oh, Michael Red? Yes. Michael, Michael Red. Red. Yeah. All star. Shout out Michael Red. Yeah, it's kind of funny. Now Michael Red and Ray Allen are sort of in the predicament where they're at least fringe, if not like otherwise clear jersey retirement caliber. But now we also we have another number 34, another 22 who belong in the rafters. Where does Desmond Mason rank in your did I I think I said his name right. Where does he rank yeah. as far um, as Ventura? that is I'll admit that's before my time. And I feel like in Buck's lore, he wasn't, like, super productive. Like, that was still sort of like a middling point in the franchise. He was, like, Michael Red was always, like, the best player during that time. I mean, I'm sure he, he was, like, clearly starting caliber at least or above average, but probably not the star that he definitely had potential to, because I know he used to jump out of the gym. I've only seen the all-star game highlights. I do have a Desmond Mason prism autograph with your name on it, but I won it. I don't even remember, but it was free. But I was like, this has to go to Devin as long as he likes him. (laughs) I don't want to send you something. No, I definitely do. I love a high flyer. Also, weird side tangent was I have like weird love affair with the name Desmond because I was born the day after the Packers won the Super Bowl. The Super Bowl MVP was Desmond Howard, and all of my family's names start with D, so there's a lot of alliteration. So I always say, crazy, my my first name isn't Brett, but even crazier that my name isn't Desmond, but I have no qualms. So you uh, you rank Desmond Bain up there in the annals of names, I take mm-hmm. it. Definitely. Yeah, Desmond Bain, I, re- I remember him being being a guy that I wanted Wanted the Bucks to maybe take, but I don't know. A, re- a reason I've liked the Bucks front office in the past is that they're not afraid to move draft picks when we are like when we are championship caliber. So we probably eventually traded whatever pick we could have taken them with. So I want to transition um, in a minute here um, into the Portland Milwaukee matchup that just took place uh, for Portland. It was. Six games ago for Milwaukee, it was five games ago. But first, um, something I'd like to pick your brain about, um, and I've done some research, but I've had a hard time determining for myself. Um, would you say that the front office era for Milwaukee started with Giannis? Was that something like a newer front office kind of transition into? Or was it the same front office that drafted uh, Jabari Parker? Oh, see, man, I was really struggling this with this earlier when we, uh, when I was like looking back on, on exactly when John Hammond left. Oh shoot, I I can't say for certain which GM drafted Jabari Parker. I feel like John Horst is like fairly 
fairly recent. Like I think John Horst as a GM was probably pretty close to when Bud arrived. And Bud arrived, I think, in like the 2018-2019 season. So maybe roughly Jason Kidd arriving. Yeah, I'm really sorry. I'm going to have to kind of shrug my shoulders on that one too. It's hard to say. Like Portland, within the last two years, I believe Joe Cronin moved up, started making some smart moves, getting Shaden Sharp. Um, they, I want to say before the last, I want to say Paul Allen passed away. Um, before I kind of got into like the macro of front office, like research and stuff like that as a podcaster. But I want to say when Paul Allen died, um, I believe he was one of the big heads when they acquired Damian Lillard and that era of, you know, I think before he passed away, they made six or seven straight, uh, playoff appearances with Dame. Um, but with Joe Cronin coming in, it, it's not necessarily as remarkable with him, the assets, you know, getting Jeremy Grant, Josh Hart, um, getting Gary Payton Jr. I, I think that's an underrated pickup, but it's not to the scale yet of Milwaukee hitting on three all-stars, you know what I mean? But mm -hmm. it's definitely impressive. My thing was, I was just curious with Milwaukee, but I would imagine you know, you take us, even if it was the front office that uh, went for Jabari Parker, you take a swing at a Duke star with the first overall pick. I, or was it second to Andrew Wiggins? It, it was. And I mean, take a I'll, I'll attribute most of that to injuries too, and not even taking anything away from Jabari Parker. I'm not saying that you were, but yeah. I mean, it it would have been cool to have taken to taken Joel Embiid second instead, but it's the way she goes sometimes. Oh yeah, not if you look at I want to say if you look at every draft, the top three picks, you know, even if you look at Lamelo and and uh, James Wiseman, one of those guys probably won't be an All Star for a few years. It mm -hmm. looks right now like it's James Wiseman. Personally, I'm very high on James Wiseman, but, you know, top three picks, it's not always a crazy good draft. Um, you would think with the whole world to choose from, they would maybe choose someone that's absolutely healthy with the first three picks, no matter who it is. But you take a gamble long term, you know, but um, mm -hmm. but that's kind of that. I just wanted to pick your brain on that a little bit. Um, we can transition into... Uh, pretty much the last week and a half of ball with Milwaukee and Portland. Um, first question I'd like to ask is uh, how does Milwaukee seem to approach so many of these games against 500 and sub 500 teams that they kind of always have go in their favor, it seems. Yeah. So I think Giannis, Giannis is just like kind of the ultimate floor raiser because he like gives a damn about, every single game, like whenever he steps in between the lines. And I know our coaching staff probably tries their darndest to, to like protect him from himself. He, I, he's still averaging less than, less than 33 minutes a game, which is, which is phenomenal. But I know his usage is way up there. That'll come down once Chris Middleton gets more than one game under his belt. 
but yeah, having Giannis is is an easy answer, and the effort that he brings, which makes him who he is. Um, probably just like the level of continuity that we have. Our off season was was pretty much exactly re-signing literally everybody and drafting Marjan Beauchamp. So there's we there's like zero effort in getting to know each other. Um but I don't th- I don't think Milwaukee Bucks fans would have necessarily predicted that they'd start 15 and 5 second second in the NBA without Chris Middleton. Uh for what it's worth, we are twenty third in strength of schedule according to ESPN to date. So yeah, we have had an easier path, but yeah. Mostly thanks to Giannis. Did you happen to see where Boston fares in the strength of schedule? Oh. Um I just had it open yet. Let me let me get back to you on that. But yeah, Boston's definitely the team to beat for us right now. Um, I don't think we've played them yet this year. I believe we play them on Christmas. I just looked up again who we were playing on Christmas, and I believe it's them. Uh, so it looks like Boston is 20th, and we're 23rd, so around where we are, bottom third. Do you think that'll be the conference finals matchup? That would definitely be what I bet on going into the year. I was I was definitely concerned about Philadelphia. I know I know they've had injuries, but they've been underwhelming in, in other ways from from what I've heard. I mean, right now it, it's mostly injuries. If I had to chalk it up to one thing, the the Cavs I definitely thought would not come out of the gates. Like right now they're third in the East, 14 and eight. Uh, but luckily we beat them twice. Once Brooke Lopez went off, I was really salty because I I did have a, I could have gone to that game, but I just had a lot going on with traveling and whatnot. Um, so, I mean, that definitely makes me feel better uh, being able to beat beat the Cavaliers twice, but I don't want to see them in the playoffs. That's for sure. Yeah, I would imagine, I mean, with it being the East, maybe five serious contenders is what I would say. Would you be around there? Yeah, so let's see. The four I just sort of mentioned, Cavs shocked me. I don't know if I would have called them contenders before the year. Hard to keep them out of it now. Um, I guess if it's true title contenders, meaning that like everything, like, Everything could break right for these. I would I would say four with with the ones that I mentioned. Pacers are currently fourth, but you know something something could happen there. I don't even know if if they if they'll want to try to win all year. Hawks Hawks have definitely had the Bucks number, so I don't want to I don't want to slander them at all. But I. I, I guess I've just heard a lot of a lot of analysts that I trust, like really fresh on the brain, uh, actually today, uh, like really dumping on the Hawks. But I guess I guess they could turn it around too. We did play them in a conference finals. 
uh, just two years ago, so maybe that's a little dismissive. I was that the year they took out the Knicks and Trey Young did the whole thing at uh mm-hmm. <laughs> MSG. I don't know. Yeah. To me, those are kind of not to call them bubble teams or playing teams at that time, mm-hmm. but. Atlanta got hot at the right time. I feel like everyone knew Milwaukee was a finals competitor that year, the whole year. And uh, with some stuff to tweak, but when you're kind of like a favorite, I feel like it's hard for people not to microscope on the stuff you need to fix. Like say they had a three-game losing streak and news headlines would for Milwaukee back then were like, oh, maybe they don't have it figured out. It's like... I don't know. They got a stack start. Like, they're starting five at that time. I don't know anyone that had that kind of defensive prowess, let alone, like, spacing of the floor in the whole NBA. Mm-hmm. But two years ago is two years ago. Um, with Atlanta now, I feel like DeJounte Murray is a different beast in the Eastern Conference compared mm-hmm. to getting most of the attention on the Spurs to now he's creating shots for all the guys that needed kind of like that playmaker to get more than 10 points a game consistently. Um, But honestly, any team besides Milwaukee and Boston, for me at this point, looking, you know, if the playoffs started right now, I realistically, I feel like any other team might be a wild card to take them out where like someone like the Hawks, the Heat or the Cavs, would basically kind of be on like a revenge tour, like upset the Kings or what, you know, not the Sacramento Kings, but the Kings of the mm-hmm. Heat, you know what I mean? Yeah. And like, it could be like that Brooklyn Milwaukee series where it's like, Oh, this is going seven. It's going to, it's going to come down to it. But Giannis hasn't really let you all down <laughs> in those situations, in those game mm-hmm. sevens. I don't know what his record is. Um, I won't have you look up any more stuff right now. But but it's got to be pretty good the last few years. The first few years he made the playoffs, okay. Their their last reliable forward before him, Brooke and Bobby, was Greg Monroe. So mm-hmm. he kind of was like – became the face of the franchise. And, I mean, did he turn 27 yet? Oh, let me think. Um, He's, he's 28 tops. I have his basketball reference up. Now, if I can read, got he's he's twenty seven currently. Okay, I gotta stop yeah. playing two K because I was playing my team the other day and it said age twenty six. I was like, no way, he's accomplished all this. <laughs> I don't know what they're on, but just a little tangent, and we can get to the other points. I was gonna say, do you play two K? I I play too much two K. In Thank fact, God. I only have two K twenty because I I straight up in like. I play too much. It's like unproductive for me to like keep buying new 2Ks. I probably bought like 2K annually for like 10 years. But then I yeah. was but I still play it like religiously even with like old rosters. Oh yeah. Do you I'm assuming you play a lot? Well, I started I got to keep this on the show. This is recording and I was like going to cut some of this stuff out, but I got to put this on the show. I started playing 2K on the Wii. I had mm-hmm. 2K13. All I knew was the Knicks and the Blazers. Uh, 
and I would just spam Carmelo, Amari Stoudemire, like golden era of my childhood. At the time, I was maybe 14, 15, maybe even 13. Um, and it was the first like good-ish gaming system that like I had my own to play 2K on. Like mm-hmm. PlayStation 2, I played like NBA Live when I was a little kid. And it just wasn't, it just didn't seem like a very good game graphics-wise. So I was like, I'll wait, I'll play NHL, I'll play Madden. Those have good graphics. And then, like, 2K13, I think it was the one that had, like, Prime, KD, D. Rose, and Blake Griffin on the cover. And my dad got it for me for Christmas, I'll never forget. And I was, like, just playing that all the time. And then my friends would get it, and I, like, didn't have Xbox Live, so i just play at their houses or whatever. And then I finally bought my buddy's Xbox 360. My junior year of high school and I played 2k17 the one with Paul George on the cover and I played that game to its last leg like way too much (laughs) over the summers and uh then when I got to college I I don't really do the whole flex thing like oh I'm I'm making good money I'm gonna go buy an elaborate tv I like I do the humble like I'm not gonna tell anyone about it but I finally got an xbox one in college this is maybe four years ago and I, I started playing that online and I was like, well, this is, this is different. And so I hadn't really played online 2k until college, but yeah, I, I started getting into it. And then I got, I saw that they did the, my team tournament to win like $200,000. So I have to admit every year it sucks me in. I try to get the black Friday deal. Like I used to get it when it was like five bucks this year. I was like, all right, I'm getting the deluxe edition. I think it was only 29 or $39 for like the black Friday deals. It was like half off. I was like, okay, I'll get the deluxe edition the first time in my life and I'll get it half the price. And if I win the tournament, cool. If I don't, I'll probably stop playing it forever, (laughs) but this will probably be my last year where I purchase a new 2k. I have friends that like, I'll see them online and they're playing like 2k 12. I'm like, what the hell? And some of them, they're smart. Like, those games were really fun and like the rosters are so accurate to that time if you're mm-hmm. playing that 2K. I can see why you play 2K20 because the rosters for every team were like really fun that year. Yeah, and they're still close enough like so I waste a ton of time. Like I'm the type of I'm the type of guy to just like run like hella 2K simulation and just be like um for example i just i just ran one i'm running one with the jazz where i like deliberately like tanked them but tried to also so i basically traded all their pieces but tried to keep them competitive and i finally signed lori markinen and yeah i pretty much just try to like run out like real day scenarios and see if i can like replicate it and like do as best i can but like be realistic that's how like sucked in I am to like this almost alternate reality of like of 2k but yeah I've been playing it for a decade plus so hey it's a brilliant way to try trades um I know Corbin's I don't know if he still does but I believe he used to spam like the basketball GM or whatever there's like Mm -hmm. a trade machine but Mm -hmm. that one's pretty cool I don't know if you've checked that out but yeah I I mean I feel like 2k when you simulate like through like three seasons you look and it's like huh and say for 2k20 there huh Jaron Fox is a 98 overall now I could see that happening by 
2K24. Like, mm-hmm. maybe not the beginning of next year, but, like, the trajectory is on for someone who's under – I can definitely say he's under 27. But the trajectory he's on, like, I could see him being a 98 overall in a year and a half. You know what I mean? Yeah. If he goes, like, as stupid crazy as he's been going. But obviously 2K exaggerates, like, he'll probably be, like, a 93. But it's a fun yeah. way to see – like, for example, Nasir Little, whenever I simulate, I love him. I hope if he ever hears this episode, he doesn't hate me. But he's usually under an 85 overall, even if you simulate, like, eight years in advance. And, like, his, like, trajectory, that's probably, like, you know, where he would be at if he kept going at this pace. Um, But usually I can see it when 2K, you know, when you simulate. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and I mean Nas, I I certainly don't know his his game as in, as intimately as you do, but he's he's I mean you could call him a two way guy, but he's is he more known for like his defense and perimeter defense? That might not be something that two K like rewards quite as much, but I always oh yeah, game. I thought no, he was they, cool. like, you guys got him. Damian Lillard's overall is based on offense. Like if you look, his perimeter D is like a B. I feel like that doesn't bump him up in his overall at all. So someone like Nasir Little, who's like a cutting combo guard slash forward, who knows? Like, you know, defense isn't like going to bump up your overall (laughs) more than like three or four points, I don't think. But you're right with that. Hmm. 85 isn't a bad floor to have as an NBA player. Not at all. And like he got paid, I feel like, He's ha- he's not content with it, and he's driven. Um, it caught me off guard at first that he like was saying how he feels like he's worth more when he signed the extension. He's like, eh, I don't know. I think it was like, it might have been like two years, twenty mil. But I'll yeah, it wasn't super totally impressive. Not. But but yeah, um, reason I brought two K up um, is because well, first off, two K twenty. Let me guess, is that the year Giannis is on the cover? No, it's it's. Ah. I, I, I have the Anthony Davis one. I don't remember when Giannis was on the cover. Maybe that was the year prior. I would just be guessing because I yeah. only play the twenty-one with Anthony Davis. Reason I brought it up was I was in my team and it said the record all time for this year's two K for auction for like my team coins. If you know how that works, mind you, like the most I get before I buy like a ninety-four overall player is like. 30,000. And then I'm like, okay, I need to buy someone. My team's bad. Giannis, his 96 overall that just came out season three sold for 2.26 million tokens. So I just thought I'd share that with you that even the game knows that he's the GOAT right now. Do you know, like, are you able to say, like, because you can, like, buy tokens, right? It's you not can just buy based VC. off of like tokens. You have to like sell your stuff and play games to like earn. Oh, okay. I'm sure okay. people like do the backdoor. Like I've had people message me on Xbox like, "Hey, bro, shoot me fifty dollars and I'll give you my account with a hundred. I'm like, no, I'm not gonna get. You'll get disqualified from the my team tournament. I'm trying to win this. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but yeah, yeah. Um, I'm sure it happens. But VC is the one where like, oh, buy buy a box of cards. And it's just like yeah. the real world, in my opinion, where 
you buy a box of cards and you don't hit anything and you're out of a hundred thousand VC. Yeah. But um, I try to snipe the auctions like it's eBay. So try to get stuff for under 10,000. If I don't, my team's okay. <laughs> but yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. VC is, that's why I got the deluxe. Cause you can buy like a bunch of packs of cards where it's like, Oh, you'll get someone better than a 90 overall, which helps when you're first getting started to actually win online that Giannis cards apparently go crazy in real life and in 2k yeah I mean Giannis is Giannis is similar to like the 2000s like Cleveland LeBron on 2k when like obviously video games weren't quite quite as advanced and like so it's just it exaggerates his athleticism even more like you you just get him like a step past the three-point line you just you just hold down square on your PS4. Giannis is like the closest to that in like at least in 2K20. I, I I honestly don't even play with play with the Bucks or Giannis that much in 2K just because it feels like cheating. And you probably got that out of your system at a young age, like I did with the Knicks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So we talked a little bit about how Milwaukee approaches these games against 500 sub 500 teams um a team at the time that was not 500 or below was actually in the top six avoiding the play-in standings at the time uh portland when they went up against the bucks i believe they were uh 10 and 10 and 7 and they i did damian lillard play in that game Against us, I don't believe so. I feel like he's been out for a little bit with the strain again. They were on the up yeah. and up when he came back. They've been okay without him. I mean, Jeremy and Anthony have been playing kind of out of their minds. What stood out against the Blazers um, in Giannis's 37-point route of Portland to you? Well, I would say for considering what's like new to me, um, I just I just love Jeremy Grant. I think he's like a tremendous acquisition for you guys. Even though I looked back at the box score and like, I guess Anthony Simons was, he was like the biggest scorer in that game. I'm, I mean, huge. I have a ton of respect for like the, the improvement that he's shown and how he's kind of been able to fill the CJ McCollum void, at least pretty close. You would know better than I, maybe that's a pretty high bar. But he's close to it, and that's those are really tough shoes to fill. But more than anything else, I wanted to convey on the show, um, just I just wanted to commend the Trailblazers for like successfully retooling. I think we hear a, a lot, like about how I just I mean I understand tanking, especially in a year like this, but I feel like it just simplifies the game too much, and also just like kind of ignores how cruddy it must be to watch like a a 20 20 win team and you guys have been encouraged by like the national media even if you choose not to listen to them to tank for for a while and like okay I guess I guess you guys sort of mailed in part of the season last year but you pivoted uh quick as hell and you got jeremy grant who is like the perfect fit fit for you guys and it's awesome and i saw jeremy jeremy grant get to the rack and finish against us which is which isn't easy at all especially with brooke being defensive 
player of the year caliber. Uh, yeah, I don't want to. I don't want to ramble on too much. Too much longer. Of course, Giannis had an amazing game. I believe thirty-seven on sixteen and twenty-four shooting. He had some amazing dunks, like one poster on Nurkic at the end of the first half. Um, I'll never take that for granted, but I'm blessed to watch that eighty-two eighty-two times before the playoffs even come around. Are you familiar with uh, Matt Issa on Twitter? Yeah, I had him on my show uh, once. He did. I remember he did a project with Hoopheads, um, sort of about ranking ranking players all time. It was really cool. Uh, but yeah, Matt's a. I'm I'm really I'm really happy for Matt and his and his success. Did you see uh, his article about Brooke Lopez's uh, defensive efficiency? I I I didn't read it. I'll admit, but I saw I saw that he that he did have one, and I'm happy to see all the love that Brooke Lopez is getting this season, and rightfully so. I just I thought of you when uh, he tweeted about it because I was like, oh, he's gonna like this. <laughs> but uh, it was it was good and really well it was i mean it's exceptional and really well written mm-hmm. um as was quest for the best but um i didn't realize just i mean other than and i mean bull bull gets a lot of burn on the defense like he gets a lot of run on the defensive end opportunities to block shots because the magic have kind of just let him do his thing but for brooke lopez being what at least 10 years older than bull bull for him to be blocking that many shots per game as far as like how many shots are attempted against him is absolutely remarkable especially when he kind of found his I feel like he found his niche with Brooklyn hitting like he reinvented his game hitting the threes and everything coming from Brooklyn and then he didn't really reinvent his game again but he he kind of restructured it on the defensive end would you say like made it more yeah um like Brooke has always been exceptional while he's been on the bucks i feel like when he was playing on the lakers was like a pretty and probably some of some of the years towards the end during the nets he was like slowly transitioning into like the shooter that he is now and of course the, and of course the defense um so i don't know i am pretty accustomed to to the defense that brook that brook plays of course it, it's like always been amazing i don't know for sure I can't point out like a specific area that's like jumped out as far as like a huge change. Um, but related to like the block numbers, um, like I know you hear a lot about how I feel like the general like NBA fan has like understood that like just like the counting stats of steals, more so with steals than blocks, but that doesn't always translate to like to like exceptional defense but i think it does for for brooke he's pretty good at just like he doesn't just like chase blocks he's solid with positioning i think eric name came out with with a piece about how brooke uses i believe the technique is called cleaning where you can you can sort of avoid defensive three seconds in the nba by like by touching or coming into contact with the opposition um, while not actually like leaving the paint with your feet. So that's how he gets, that's how he's able to stay underneath the basket. And also Brooke is like one of the best at like remaining, remaining vertical 
which is probably something that you develop more as you age because perhaps when you're younger you're more likely to want to chase blocks and just swat it yeah so uh, are, are Giannis and Brooke um would you say like a front court duo most of the time where they're they're backing each other up or do they kind of just fill the void wherever it's needed um i feel like they play they play a good bit together and they don't just they don't just stagger them too much with bobby i mean there's a significant amount of that bobby's definitely in like our top 7 probably for minutes getters um but they they do bounce off each other a lot Giannis, especially this year um like doesn't stop raving about uh how much easier um like we saw last year like Brooke makes Giannis's job uh so much easier as just like a free safety and roamer to come in and clean up on the help side on defense so yeah kind of both both sides of the ball um Brooke is like the perfect complement to Giannis and I think any team especially in this era would love to have Brooke but having Giannis who's like an alien in like some regards with his athleticism but limited in shooting Brooke is like perfect next to him so yeah I've never been in the camp of we have to find a replacement for for Brooke Lopez sooner rather than later I get the sentiment in wanting to have as extended of a prime with Giannis as you can but you can't take for granted how unique his skill set is so until Brooke proves that he can't perform at this level, maybe when he's 40 or 42, like Tom Brady. Is Tom Brady older than 42? I don't know. I want Brooke yeah, here forever, basically. I think Brady might be like 45. I'd believe it. I'm casual with the NFL, but. Yeah, I think Brady, I got to look this up. Brady is, at, he's got to be, yeah, he's 45. Wow. Yeah, I could have seen him. I mean, um, it was really sad to see, you know, the stuff that happened with his, you know, personal affairs being like publicized. I don't think that's really anyone's business. But I'm not to get on a Brady tangent, but I feel like he's one of those guys that like had that stuff not transpired, he would have played till like 48. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think it's impressive when athletes can do that. Uh. I could see Brooke Lopez playing at least another, I mean, what would you say? Three, four years at least? Definitely. Um, I believe he is 33, if I can Google this. And all, and like this year has been like a revelation. Of course, he, he Brooke got hurt in, Brooke is 34, by the way. Brooke got hurt on ring night last year and then came way at the end of of the regular season he might have played like less than 20 games if not certainly around there not much more and i know a lot of bucks fans are and and uh you you can understand it are are wondering like maybe you know maybe maybe um being afforded the time off to rest similar to al horford who has been a bucks killer um and get like the surgery that he needed to like properly uh, heal his body while not having to go through like an 82, you know, game grind has probably extended 
Brooks' career. Does it make you a little nervous that Al Horford was just signed to a two-year deal with Boston? Yeah, and it was a crazy. It was like two year. It was two years, twenty million. So only ten million annually for Al Horford. Of course, he's older. He's he's earned a lot of money. He wants to be in Boston because they might be the title favorite. Um. So yeah, it it is upsetting, and a, just a slight sar- sidebar on Boston again. I will never shut up about how they just got Malcolm Brogdon, former former buck rookie of the year for a bag of beans they they traded they they traded all guys who weren't in their rotation for malcolm brogdon who has been great for them could be i i I don't think brogdon's starting i think he's more of a six man and if he is he could be six man of the year poster child of efficiency on offense Mm -hmm. i think he made the 50 40 90 club one year yeah he did while he was on the bucks and i was i was definitely heartbroken when we lost Malcolm Brogdon, um, I'm and to sort of go back again very briefly to the beginning of our conversation here, um, we talked about like the Bucks organization and you know doing what it takes to win a championship. I remember when we when we let Brogdon go, I I just thought it was it was our ownership cheaping out. Of course, we had full rights on him so we could have maxed him if we wanted to and we just let him walk while we had Giannis Antetokounmpo and I I, I was never sure if the Bucks were truly going to go all in again until they signed Drew Holiday but but yeah I mean of course that that feels it's getting close to it but it feels like a decade ago um I, I have a lot of respect for Brogdon so um Portland and Milwaukee were kind of on the same trajectory through the first eight games of the season. I believe Portland was 6-2, and two and Milwaukee started 8-0. Did Milwaukee start 8-0? It was – it might have been 9-0. I don't – it's no more than 10-0. We lost our first game against Atlanta, who beat us once, maybe twice, when we played in Abu Dhabi in the preseason. Uh, so yeah, around there – Still the best start in franchise history. Do you think Lillard coming back in the foreseeable future can put Portland on a similar trajectory of Milwaukee in say like a ten game span going like seven and three, eight and two when he comes back? Or do you think they're gonna be hovering around that like six hundred mark all year? Um well Obviously, I'm biased, and I have all the faith in the world in Giannis Antetokounmpo and, and the Bucks. I don't need to keep repeating that. So saying that they could get to the Bucks level would personally be tough for me, but perhaps, perhaps you feel differently because you're a Blazers fan. I think I think getting, getting back to um, where they were at the beginning of the season basically just comes down to Damian Lillard's health because um, – I believe on the broadcast in the Blazers Clippers game I was watching um they were saying that that the Blazers have never quite had a team like they do now with three 20 point per game scores which seems like a pretty good recipe for success so you know I I don't know if they could be I don't know if they could be title contenders but 
they they could they could be frisky again to getting to a conference final or something or something like that. The West is just is just extremely they're they're deep, but in a different way than they were before. They don't have like the previous Rockets or the previous Warriors at you know, Warriors aren't as good this year as they were when they were I know they're the reigning NBA champions, but they don't have Kevin Durant. The the top level of the Western Conference being less, you know, just less prolific means the Blazers have a better chance of getting to the mountaintop. But I feel like the West is just littered with teams that would be hard to see getting to the mountaintop. To me, I think it comes down to, once again, the supporting cast. Um, I'm not asking for much, just three or four, eight and ten, or sorry, eight and two game stretches for ten maybe rack up like, you know, that's not realistic for Portland right now. Um, I'm just kidding. But um, to me, it kind of is going to come down to in the long run. I'm not really worried up until the all-star break. Um, Just because the second half, this team is notorious for going like, what, like 27 and 15 usually when they're when they have a healthy roster just like going off in the second half of the year mind you losing cj set them back where last year the second half did not happen for them but guys like shaden sharp keon johnson watford and greg brown they're not i mean shaden sharp is probably unrivaled in that group as far as raw talent and like production right now but getting keon johnson back i think will help because what they were doing and in, in what I could see, and I covered this a little bit on my first couple shows this year, was they were letting the young guys just absolutely drain the energy of the opposing starting five. And guys like Keon and Sharp were just like shooting off balance threes, going up for lobs. And like by the time the fourth quarter rolled around, Jeremy Grant was kind of the closer hitting like two straight threes, couple game winners. And then I don't know if you saw, but Josh Hart was kind of going crazy. I believe he was in the top three. He might still be up there for shooting guards and like rebounds per game. So if they can keep the production up in the stat lines other than points, I think they'll be set with points, honestly, with, like you said, three guys scoring 20 a game usually. But I think – Gary Payton Jr. is going to be back, hopefully, in the next few games. It's hard to get updates. Um, I'm in a couple discords with Blazers podcasters and uh, trying to get the skinny on when he's going to actually play again, like a set date. They made It was, like, hopefully within 15 days, like two weeks ago, and I still don't know when he's going to be playing. But I think that's mm-hmm. going to set them apart from the play-in in the Western conference, because I think the West is trying to decide who the juggernaut is and it's probably not Portland right now, but if anything happens at the top of the standings, you know, um, with teams that have like a crazy good record, like the bucks or the Celtics, I could see those teams taking a dip and Portland making a run for third or fourth in the conference. Like they have, several years in the last 10 years, probably at least four or five years in the last 10 years being in the top four. But 
definitely not Milwaukee's prowess. Mm-hmm. I would just love to see a Milwaukee or Boston against Portland in the finals before I ever retire from podcasting. <laughs> but um, it'll definitely be fun to watch. And like you said, the West is a different breed this year as far as like their, their, how deep they are. Like it's a deep in a way we haven't really seen before. A team like the Jazz, where Laurie Markkinen is just like probably going to keep up what he's doing. You know what I mean? I don't think he's ever been this healthy or given this chance to. I think in the NBA, um, players like that, kind of like Jeremy Grant, if you show that you're invested in them and you let them play their game, they just they run with it and they thrive. Um, to me, I see Drew Holiday as that. You know, he had a lot of stuff where. I think his wife had cancer at one point and um, Laura and mm-hmm. they kind of trusted in him, helped him get through it. And he's probably forever invested in loving the city. You know what I mean? And so it'll, it'll be exciting to see how these teams fare in the weeks to come. I believe we're officially a quarter of the way through the season and um, I don't know about you, but so far it's been everything I could ask for. Yeah, I I can probably echo what we've said about the Western Conference also to the East, maybe not quite as much, but the league is, is super deep. And, I mean, we've been thinking it for years, but with each passing year, it seems more true that, that we're that, – we seem more and more capable of, of expanding to, to 32 teams if we wanted to, just with like the amount of talent that there is. Um, and yeah, maybe the point, maybe the point of your question wasn't, wasn't necessarily comparing Portland to the Bucks in terms of like championship favorites. Uh, but hopefully I'm not a, too much of a prisoner of the moment right now. Top of the standings is a, uh, are are the Suns and the Nuggets? Those are maybe maybe the two teams. Seeing those two at the top, it would be hard for me to see see the Blazers getting past them in the playoffs. I'm not saying it's impossible, but I mean things happen. Guys could get injured. The Bucks got lucky in in several ways when they won a championship. There's always some luck some luck in getting there. It it wouldn't be crazy crazy to me to see to see Portland go far in the playoffs. Well, you know, a 50 yeah. piece worthy <laughs> of uh, 50 Chick-fil-A nuggets helps you out in the long run. Yeah. I, I would it, love it, to see like a 10 game stretch when Lillard comes back where, and hopefully Gary Payton Jr. Um, Shaden Sharp hasn't been on one like he was it in the first 15 games. So if he can get back to that, I'd like to see them – have uh just like a 10 game stretch kind of what I was hinting at like Milwaukee could have not a whole season that's not realistic for Portland right now mm-hmm. I mean the Bucks if your worst player not even worse but like your garbage time minutes guy is Jordan Awara I think you're probably a con- uh favorite for the championship in the in the top two you know what I mean mm-hmm. um last thing I wanted to conclude with how did you feel about Grayson Allen closing out the Knicks? 
Yeah, I didn't I didn't quite realize until the broadcast told us that that was his first his first and only three of the game. Uh but yeah, Grayson has been stellar for us this year and it's great to see after he caught like a ton of slander in in, in the playoffs. I mean, basketball's fun. I'm I'm as passionate about it as as you are and I can't understand how people can get wrapped up in emotions. I have a hard time like preying on the downfall of of my own like of my own teammates like Bucks Twitter can, but I I don't know. It, it's it's especially great to see uh Grayson showing out. I think uh it might have been the game prior to the Knicks one, whomever we played, but Grayson started seven of seven from three, ended seven of eight. Uh, the rumors of trading Grayson for Jay Crowder are getting quieter and quieter. Um, but yeah, I, I was, I was always of the opinion. I said it on maybe every episode of, of my show that, um, Buck's Twitter was, was, uh, was probably a little too insufferable uh, begging for Javon Carter, who's also been amazing this year, but we were a little too insufferable say, saying that we had to put uh, Javon Carter out there like and imagining things would have been different if Javon were out there instead of Grayson Allen because at the end of the day, it was Jason Tatum calling out the switches and Javon Carter is like 6'2". He wouldn't have done anything against Jason Tatum. I made a friend at uh, one of the local malls here and he runs like, I think the, the chain closed for like this higher end shoe company that was at the mall, but he is like constantly going to different companies. I think he's with chain, chain link. I'm not sure what it's called, but it's in a lot of malls, but he um, manages like several franchises in different States. And he went to West Virginia he went for business and Anytime we played 2K, I think, I mean, we probably played, this is a year ago since he moved from Buffalo, but we played at least three to five times, different occasions. And he would always play with Javon Carter and because he went to West Virginia and he's like, this dude's going to make it. He really believed in him. He was really on his hype train. I like him. I mean, he always gives it all on the court. He kind of reminds me, maybe not like, Kind of like Cameron Payne, but without like the weird decision making at times. He mm-hmm. seems like he makes pretty sound basketball moves and decisions, like at all times. So I, I could, I could see this Milwaukee bench stepping up at any given point. Um, do you like Grayson at the two and Middleton at the three for a while? Yeah. Um, yeah. I guess probably the hottest debate oh i'm i'm forgetting i know the bucks game is on right now and we're down by six with two and a half minutes left in the third quarter to the lakers i forget who started between grayson and javon if i had to guess i would have said grayson but that was that was a real big debate so you were saying uh about how grayson allen compared to javon carter they were kind of deciding who would have minutes yeah because i guess the 
If you want to lean more towards just a little added defense, you would go for Javon. If you want to lead, if you want to lean towards a little more added shooting, you'd lean towards Grayson. I hope I said that right. Um, and I, I guess it, when I when I thought of it like that, I was thinking, wow, may, maybe Javon Carter Carter would be would be better off starting with our starters. Um, we do we do still have George Hill who could run who could run our offense off the bench. He's been like our backup point guard. He can run pick and rolls. He has he has fine size for for a point guard, but again, I don't I don't need I don't mean to throw too much shade at, at Bucks Twitter. They've they've probably exaggerated the decline of George Hill a little a little too much. Um but Javon is Javon is an upgrade on George Hill. If you think if you think it would benefit the team to ha- just have Javon replace George as our backup point guard and run the show, sure. I don't think you can really go wrong with either. Um, I mean, I I said that whole thing about Grayson guarding Tatum in the playoffs, and that would have been barbecue barbecue chicken for most NBA players. Uh, so I think Grayson can hold up fine on defense too, just not, just not quite as much as uh, as uh, as Javon. So I, I'm I'm torn. <laughs> Final answer. It's a it's a tough one because I've seen in the past where, um. And I want to, you know, still take a minute before we wrap up to talk about your writing and where everyone listening to this can find it. Um, but mm-hmm. it's tough for me as well, looking, trying to decide if I were to try to decide between the two, because you look at their level of play dating back to college. It's consistent as far as the effort they put on the floor, the edge they bring, even on both ends of the floor at times. Um, and it's like, if a guy can do that in the NCAA tournament, where a lot of the guys are four or five year players that make it, you know, you look at like Wisconsin when they had, I want to say Bo Jackson and Bo, Bo Ryan, Bo Ryan. Yeah. When they had Bo Ryan, not the baseball player, Bo Jackson, um, you look at, you know, guys like Frank Kaminsky, Sam Decker that were four year players some of them five year but like a 24 year old against a guy who's trying to make the NBA even at 22 or 23 as you know Grayson Allen first round pick I believe right Mm -hmm. so it's a toss-up as far as the edge they give on the floor because I've seen NBA teams in the past that had lineups that are supposed to be crazy good on D like the Bulls or the Celtics and like when the Celtics ran it with Kemba Walker on the offensive end, trying to get that offensive edge and it just didn't work out. You know what I mean? But you can't go wrong with either one. You you alternate, you keep them healthy for the playoffs. And then, I mean, personally, I'd probably go with Javon Carter just because he doesn't, I haven't really seen him turn the ball over much, but you're more well-versed. You probably watch most of the games on League Pass, I take it. Um, I try to watch at least every other full game for Portland. So I'm only really well-versed with the Western Conference. 
but it's been awesome to pick your brain on the Eastern Conference, the NBA as a whole, um, how you think Portland will fare, how you think Milwaukee will fare. Um, I think everyone um, will enjoy this episode, and I hope you all got a lot out of it. Encourage everyone to check out, I'll put it in the episode description as well as on Twitter, um, where you can find Devin's writing and as well as the Nuck If You Buck podcast um, that's going to be closing up here in a little bit um, in the next few weeks, I believe, um, on the Hoopheads Network. Uh, where can everyone find your writing, Devin? Yeah, you can find my writing at notradeclause.com, uh, just just like that, exactly how it sounds. Uh, and yeah, I just I just submitted a piece about the Charlotte Hornets and where they're going. Of course, they're in a tough situation, but yeah, I cover the watch the Bucks more than anyone else. That's a tradition that that I won't be that I won't be giving up at all. Um, even though even though my podcast is ending. Hey, I I chose Portland just because I love the team, and when I found out they don't have a G League team to follow all that stuff, I was like, huh, I'm gonna stick with them. <laughs> like <laughs> you find your niche, and you know if it's what you enjoy, that's awesome. It was a pleasure to have you on, Devin, and I hope everyone will check out what you got going on, and I hope uh, no trade clause has a no trade clause on you because you're probably going to be putting out good articles for many moons and I wish you the best as always with your future endeavors, what you got going down coming up and look forward to having you on again sometime. Yeah. Thank you, Rob. I really appreciate hanging out talking with you. Been a blast and uh, hopefully we can do it again sometime. Thanks for tuning in everyone. See you next week. I'm blazing the path.